like week after week, we're losing probably 50 to 100 views. Well, not 100. 100 would be a lot. Probably around, you know, 25 to 50. Oh, I thought you meant subscribes. So yeah, totally you're talking actual views. views. Yeah, it's, uh, like, it's a slow season. Yeah, it could be the slow season. Or we're just boring. I don't know. Maybe we should just stop doing this. Stuff. No, that's impossible. We could <laughs> possibly be boring the audience. There's simply no way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you if we were giving out great and wonderful secrets on our shows, people would watch all the time. Well, there you go. Drop a, a, a few mind bombs. Mind bombs. Yep. I have to do that. Oh. It's like Fight Club. That's all that is, is mind bombs. So. What are you going to do? I will say, I'm getting a lot of people that calling me up now who are watching the show, so I appreciate that. And with that being said, welcome to SEO This Week, episode 120. As always, I'm joined by the wonderful Ted Kibitis and his dog in the background. He's a Republican. Ted's a Democrat. They're having an argument. Yeah, yeah, my my dog is getting political at the moment. If he gets too bad, I'll I'll mute. I won't drive everybody nuts. I think it's a good uh, pattern interrupt. <laughs> so we have uh, six stories this week. Let me count again: one, two, three, four, five, six. Yep, six stories. Uh, really good conversation pieces. I don't have any extra stuff, any topics to go over. So if you have questions, go ahead and drop them in. Uh, otherwise, we'll have a short show this week, which was you know always good and welcome, especially towards the end of the month. Anyway, uh, everyone's kind of getting burnt out and looking for vacations, paydays, etc. So with that being said, I'll just go ahead and jump over to the screen. There we go. And hopefully you guys can all see that now. Episode this week, episode 120. You can, as you, always, you can go to the website and see all the posts and the links right there for you uh, anytime you want to. If you uh, are cool and you, you feel like it, some social shares on these would be awesome. You know, I get three on average just because I have syndication stuff turned on. Um, but a little bit more would be cool, and I'd appreciate it. And with that being said... The first story is from SEM Post. Google updates the quality rater guidelines. I don't know if you guys ever downloaded that thing. I actually downloaded it, took it to um, like an Office Max or Staples, uh, and you can get it printed out. I do that, and you kind of annotate as you get through. Yeah, about about once a year, I go through it and I scour for anything measurable I can turn into factors in Cora. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's too many in here this time. Probably the page quality, but really, uh, as a user, you got to think about what is the purpose of this. And they're handing this out to their people that are actually going through and looking at the websites. And the stuff that they find over and over again, that turns into algorithm changes. So like Ted said, and from his perspective, he can look through here and, and check it out uh, and see how it's applied. Uh, let me see. What was a good one here? Mm, this one's actually pretty interesting. Uh, removing graphic violence, animal cruelty, child abuse, those kind of websites from the quality rated guidelines. Uh, if that goes into an algorithm thing, uh, there's our, if you ever follow Bill 
Shlosky, he talked about a canonical negative SEO thing. It's really hard to find. And if you do it right, it's almost impossible to find. Uh, if this part, this offensive flag goes into effect, uh, following these things, you can actually get negative SEO to not even know what's going on and get filtered out via safe search results. So this will be something that you want to make keep track of. Um, perhaps you even test out, maybe buy a site and put some things in there to see if Google filters it out automatically out of safe search. Uh, I will check that out. Uh, any, as a point of note, don't do any of the child abuse crap because you will get screwed and then I'll hate you forever. Um, it's just the way it is. Well, you'll you'll go to jail for a lot of this stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, but the terminology, offensive terminology, uh, you can probably test and see if Safe Search filters that out. And if that's the case, then you'll know one of those things to look at if you make uh, you know nasty enemies that have some decent black hat skills. Don't so, so. don't test this stuff out, people. If it's, if it's evil, just walk away. Don't do it. I get you back. Uh, let's see. Page quality meets need. That's pretty interesting. Specific queries and landing pages. This is good. Uh, interesting stuff just to see. Uh, in particular, how Google looks at this. And then looking at the search results when you're doing your keyword research to find out what is the result that Google's showing. So if you are searched for XYZ and you're getting landing pages that are, uh, you know, simple, obviously simple landing pages designed for the form fill or the phone number, then that's what you want to design. Uh, and this is how Google looks at those and decides which queries get what, which is pretty interesting uh, to know. And that's certainly in the algorithm already. And then there's some more things in here. And all the way down at the bottom, the last line is where you can actually download it. Again, I say just go ahead and download it, uh, print it out. Don't get the color print. <laughs> get black and white. Color's expensive. Costs you about 20 bucks. And then you have a notepad. You can go in there, uh, scratch through, uh, and pick some things out to test or and or apply. Um, so that's that one. Uh, how featured snippets or how to get your images into the featured snippet. This is on a build, upbuild.io. It's actually a pretty decent um, article. A lot of people are trying this. A lot of people are looking for ways to get into this, to grab that. And uh, typically, most things would be schema-driven. Uh, but there is cases in point where the site that is listed down here is not necessarily the site that's showing the image. Uh, and the author went through and explains the history of those cards uh, and then more importantly, how to go about reverse engineering, seeing where those images are being hosted uh, and how the code is written on the websites and then how to duplicate it yourself. Let's talk about some different subset sources, uh, in particular, if your theme isn't automatically putting this stuff in. Uh, based off of aspect ratios of your devices. Uh, so you can look at all, all of that and look at the code. I think it's a pretty good opportunity to at least grab the featured snippet section. Tedder, how much in e-com do you guys worry about this? Like for a product listing, maybe you get lucky and have e-com? Oh, well, it's, it's a nightmare if you're an e-com site and you have a product page or a product blog page and then Google picks somebody else's product for the image because photography sells. Mm 
especially if the image Google picks is a lower quality photo of the product than your photo. So yeah, it, it can be a nightmare. Um, I don't think I'm not sure that I agree with the policy of Google doing this because they give you they have all their your content. Let's say in this case, this is yours. So all your content, you're answering the question. Here's your link. But the CTR, in my opinion, would probably go more towards that image. So in this case, like techradar.com, but the image is going to wirecutter.com. So you, they've given all your information. They've gotten the answer from you, but because of the way that this is set up, they're going somewhere else. Well, the, the thing, like as a retailer, what I would do, you see how they have an ellipsis in the middle. They give you steps one through four and then – or. Uh, the top laptops one through four and then five through eight. Yeah. Just make, make sure that the last thing on your list is, you know, go to this website to receive free shipping and a 20% discount. (laughs) You know, you, you gotta trick the system to put in the call to action and the incentive to click. That makes sense. I wonder how it, how the EU will deal with this. Um, because you know that those regulations and stuff are going to try to probably work their way over here eventually at some point or another. And how does how does Google justify doing this? Other than let's having a nice image, it seems to me that if this site is good enough to have this content in here, there's probably got to be at least one image on that page. That well, the <laughs> the problem is Google's creating a third-party copyright infringement because that image is licensed for a different website than potentially the one that's being given credit for it below. Right. So, you know, there's there's potentially a copyright problem with what they're doing. Well, I answered that with by putting the URL right here. I don't know if you can Yeah, see but that, that does not make publication permission. <laughs> Well, we've referenced it, Ted. God. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't get to just use everybody's images and say, well, I cited the source, so I have a license to use it. That's not how it works. Yeah, unless you make $3 billion a day and don't care about it. Yeah, unless you can <laughs> hog down the, the court case. Yeah, forever. All right, so that's that one. I think that's a good t- good subject to go after. Uh, let's see. Why are Google so confident about link spam? This is the this is based off of you know Gary Isles and John Mueller. Uh, they're always telling people, don't worry about backlinks. Uh, if you get bad backlinks, don't worry about it. We got your back. We'll take care of it. Uh, and they're going so far in this article to say, you know, at some point, why well, why would you even bother using the disavow tool? It's just added work for you, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think the author, I'm not sure if it, I think it's the author, his opinion is that they're even considering taking that tool out altogether. Well, the, the reason people use the disavow tool is because the the sky is falling, their brain is melting, they're watching their revenue hemorrhage, and they want something to do. Yeah. So when you have nothing uh, to lose by trying to disavow because you're watching all your money flow out the door, then people disavow. And I, I think that's the time to, to try. I think it's a Hail Mary thing. 
on a couple of occasions, it, it seemed to work for, for the instances I had, but that's anecdotal. It's not scientific. Um, you know, so that's, that's why people do it. They aren't doing it because it's a fun joy ride. They're doing it because they think their business is tanking. And I will say that this valid tool was how they made Penguin in the first damn place. So they used all that input from SEOs and, and, and users, built that database, said, here's these link types. And then Penguin came out and they're saying, oh, these link types are, you know, they're automatically filtered. Good. For someone who's doing Black Hat, I can tell you that they're not doing it as well as they think they're doing it. Good, because when it first came out, the first thing I did was put all my competitors' URLs in it. <laughs> I think you, you wouldn't be the only one. <laughs> download all the backlink profiles and submit it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is um, it's an interesting topic for discussion. Here's what I will say. If they do eliminate the disavow tool, people like uh, Chris Semper over at Link Research Tools and uh, the folks over at Cognitive are going to really have to look at their business model uh, and see how else they can adapt. Uh, like Semper over at Link Research Tools, his main, main selling point is that Link Detox and Link Detox Boost. He's obviously got other tools in there, but they are not promoted nearly as much as they as he's doing with the other stuff so uh cognitive is not so much that deep into disavow they have the other tools already the content marketing editor etc uh, but i think they're gonna be in some trouble if they actually get rid of the disavow thing plus i think it also leaves business owners open to negative seo and google says they can't get rid of that they're you know they're filtering that stuff out when well, i guarantee you if you send enough um uh, it's going to have an effect um, and if you modify just don't send porn links send bad links with uh, brand name bad links with anchor texts uh and now that stuff's not filtered out anymore is it uh so i think it's an interesting discussion i think it'll go on forever josh brzezinski he's proponent of saying that this valve tool doesn't work um, I've used it in use cases and seen a result, but I, like Ted, I've never tested it scientifically to say uh, one way or another. For me, it's done what I wanted it to do, and I was successful in leveraging it, uh, in particular with penalty recoveries, both manual and algorithmic. So um, I say keep it. It's not killing Google. It's not using any resources. And if anything, maybe it is making penguins smarter. So we'll see. Uh, next one, oh, Ted, the myth busting video. <laughs> I could not avoid putting this one in there. I had to do it. All right. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, Josh Bashinsky Bish uh, did a mystery science theater 3000 uh, like parody of this video that I thought was hilarious. So if, if you got to watch this video, watch Josh's parody version of it. Uh, that's the way to do it. Um, they forgot to bust a myth. So that was the big complaint is it was, uh, it was basically an introduction to uh, what SEO is and the most, you know, they call it 101, but I'd call it remedial. So it's even pre 101. You will not learn anything from this video. 
Yeah. I think the myth busting was clickbait to get uh, SEOs talking about it, uh, which was obviously very successful. And then they ruined the opportunity, in my opinion. Well, they, they did more than that because uh, they basically touted the claim that uh, the number one thing you can do is create quality content. That's the <laughs> field of dreams message they've been sending for a long, long time. And they didn't mention uh, backlinks at all, uh, as per usual. And you know what? What this course that they've chosen to take has done is it's communicated to me that these people are not out in the field helping a locksmith in Tallahassee get to the top of Google rankings. And so I have serious doubts that these are SEOs who have done a single day of SEO work out in the field. Yeah. And so now I, I have serious doubts about any claims they make as a result of this message. Yeah. And it was clear to me that his guest was, you know, he, he had this crazy, you know, expression on his face this whole time, like he couldn't believe that he was on the show saying these things. <laughs> and nobody in the audience believed he was that naive about how everything works. So it's very overly scripted. It was very insincere. And now they kind of need to prove that they are, you know, caliber SEOs. Because now I don't think they are. Yeah, I think if they had chose someone who's legitimately doesn't know about SEO, that would have went over a lot better than it did. To me, it's, the guy probably works for Google. They said he's a developer for somewhere, but no, my guess is he works for Google in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. But when I when I say he's not an SEO, I, it's because I don't think he's spent serious time in the field. Because if he has, if you say the things that they say in that video to a client, you're on the fast track to getting fired. Yeah. But do you think a Google employs anyone that actually does SEO? Like, do you think they have like the B team? Hey, go out and get us. <laughs> you know I, I don't. I, you know, I, I suspect they, they largely hate SEO and that's why they keep going this route of telling people that, you know, if you pour your heart and soul into your content, it'll magically rank. Just go ahead and do it. You know, that that's a terrible way to plan out your business. You know, that's truly field of dreams. You have to have a better marketing plan than that. And you have to understand the algorithm better than that so that you can rank effectively. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I, I thought this video was absolute garbage and a total disappointment. I hope they improve. Okay, give me just a second. Woohoo, I own the show again. So, welcome to the TED Hour. So, uh, what do you guys want to talk about? Should we talk about football? Any uh, comments on topics since we own the show? We should talk about uh, uh, SEO rock stars because I see Dory's here. So she's hasn't got the plan out for SEO rock stars yet, but when she does, we'll have dates to announce. Uh, Dory suggests Game of Thrones, but that's old news now. Uh, if you haven't heard about SEO Rockstars, it's a really cool conference. It 
belongs to the uh, search intelligence agency group called SIA, which is pretty cool. Um, and Dory mentions they might be joining forces with NFG, another conference that has top tier content. So the joining of SEO rock stars and NFG into one mega conference would be huge. That would be the best event of the year if that happens. Uh, we don't have the dates for it. So Dory will let us know. So uh, in the chat, I'm thinking October. Oh, there we go. That would be yeah. cool. I stole the show from you. That's all right. Uh, the pool guy, you know, never shows at the same time. So. <laughs> and I have to, I have to pause because the dogs will eat him if I don't bring him in. So that's how it worked out. All right. Uh, any more things on the MythBuster? No, no, not worth your time. But Josh's parody, surprisingly, very entertaining. If yeah. you're gonna watch it, watch that version of it. Yeah, that was pretty funny. All right, so if you're an Amazon affiliate, this is probably a post that you should take the time to read. It's a long one, um, and I've seen different versions of it. I'm not so sure that he didn't just update this, and I've seen it before. I think that's my, what would have happened. However, that doesn't make this thing any less useful. And it's an uh, audit. It goes over an audit by Amazon Associates program. The things that they ask for, the things that you have to provide, uh, and basically the reasons why. So long story short, if you want to make money pimping Amazon products, you got to be in compliance and he's going to show you how to do it, how to audit your stuff. Uh, and just some things not to do in the first place to save yourself some trouble. Uh, I guess the way the audit program works, I've never been audited, but the, he, I guess this is probably not the first time. Uh, they give you the set of data requirements that they need to see. And you have to provide it to them. And it's triggered by you know, anything from complaints to someone happened to see something to how much you're selling to how much traffic you're sending to your links, uh, et cetera. And you have a set period of time to respond, five business days to respond to that email or they shut down your affiliate account. So this is a really good post. I would actually bookmark it or make some notes, et cetera. Uh, to to make sure that you're always on top of the terms of service. Again, we're not all lawyers, so reading that stupid associates program uh, toss is a pain. Um, but when people like this go through that process and share it, it's really appreciated by the community. So uh, this is on niche products, niche site project.com is written by Doug Cunningham. Shout out to that guy for actually posting this. I think it's uh, valuable for everybody. The, the reason they do this is uh, every black cat on earth wants to create a mega Amazon affiliate website. And those affiliate uh, uh, APIs for pulling product data into their, their spammy affiliate sites uh, take a lot of resources from Amazon on a global scale. And so they want your site to work. They want it to look nice. They want it to stand a chance of getting sales. And I think that's a reasonable request for utilizing their resources to do it. So that's, you know, the large reason why they're going through all this. Yeah, and there are people that, you know, figured out some ways to make a lot of money from them using less than the, you know, kosher methods. I won't say they're breaking the law, but they could probably get in, you know, they're definitely losing their sources of incomes if they're caught. So 
uh, it makes sense to have this in place to police uh, where their affiliate stuff comes from. They're not the only ones that do it, but there you go. Uh, also, I signed up for this. This is actually pretty useful, the seven-phase niche site process. So if you're looking at affiliate stuff, sign up for that. It's actually worth it. Uh, and then the final post is by Robbie Richards, how to promote your blog, 41 actionable tactics uh, to get uh, visits and social shares. Social shares are useful. You get the traffic, et cetera. Here's his proof of concept. Uh, he's got a course, the SEO playbook that reopened yesterday. Uh, so if you're interested in that or you're looking forward to it, I'm going to buy it because I heard it was really good. And, you know, if you learn one good thing from a course, then you've you know, obviously you paid for it already. So uh, I'm going to check that out. Uh, the post comes with all of these different techniques, etc. So if you're creating an SOP for your link building stuff from blog promotion, here you go. Or if you have a client that tells you, hey, what are you doing for blog promotion? Just copy paste. There you go. Uh, your tactics are right there. Uh, there's 41 of them. And I guarantee you the client can't implement probably but two. Uh, so this is really useful for you. Uh, if anything, help you with SOP. Yeah, that's an awesome list right there. That's something that I would put down in my notes. Yeah, there's stuff in there that I, you know, I, I haven't thought about or I haven't done in quite some time. So yeah. uh, it's a really good, it's actually unique to what most people are writing on blog promotion, um, which is awesome. The only thing I don't see in here is multiple use of the content. So there's link roundups, et cetera. But like making an article, turn it into a video, YouTube cards is there, but turning it into a video and then taking that audio, turning that into a podcast. Uh, that's how SEO this week was born as a link building method. That's <laughs> really the reason I started it. Uh, I was using it to build links to my site and then taking the internal link juice from all those sources uh, and funneling it to my money pages. So that's not on here, but it's a good promotion technique. Uh, again, say this bookmark it or at least copy it in some way uh, and turn it into an SLP for you. I think you'll find a lot of value out of this. Uh, and sign up for his list because he gave cool stuff for you. And then uh, if you want to, again, I heard good news about good things about this. I don't know. But if you're looking for a tax deduction, uh, as I always am, then sign up for the SEO playbook. I'm going to do it and we can go through it together. That would be pretty cool. And that's it for the stories. I told you it would be fast. If it wasn't for the pool man, uh, I think that it would have been even faster. Ted, do you have anything, any last final insights on those stories while I go through the questions? Uh, no, those those are great. And I really like this last one. I think that's the, the real gem of the bunch. Yeah, for sure. He did a great job with that. If that's an indication of his course value, then I think we're, I'll be, uh, it'll be a wise investment uh, for me anyway. Let's see. I'm going through the questions now. Uh, let's see. Here's one for Ted. Is is it late? I'm not even going to try to sell your e media. Uh, is there any correlation in ranking using schema? Uh, yeah, and in fact, the next version of Cora, Cora Five, will actually recommend JSON LD entities based on what the competition is doing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the having the right schema is vital. 
Yeah, that JSON LD ID, the JSON LD entity identification is money right there. That pays for Cora right by itself, uh, in my opinion. So that was a great feature to add. And the follow up: Is there a limit using schema? Uh, yeah, yeah, not not all schema moves the needle. It's very specific ones, and it tends to be a boolean thing. So have you implemented it correctly or not? Yeah, I think right now there's no there's no like Nazi party running around flagging people unless you're using the aggregate rating uh, inappropriately for using too much. Uh, but there is a standard. So if you look at Google's documentation, this is the minimum. This is what we're looking for in there. Uh, if you go way overboard of that, you might have issues. But then again, it's not been tested. Like I've built some crazy schema uh, that is pretty long and pretty packed. Uh, and it hasn't negatively impacted me, but that's not to say that that won't change in the future. So uh, if you're worried about it and you don't want to push the needle too much, and again, schema is kind of a pain to write anyway, just make yourself templates using that basic, this is what we're looking for. Uh, go through the schema documentation, add a couple of nicks and tweaks, tweaks uh, based off of what you see and maybe add some things just to kind of go one step above to build some associations with entities, et cetera. Uh, and then I think you'll be okay. Yeah. And if you're having trouble with star rating, which is like, you know, the number one schema to implement, um, a lot of people can't do it because they don't have legitimate reviews yet. So uh, the aggregate review system gives you stars and says, you got 4.6 stars based on 213 reviews. That's the aggregate rating. Uh, the alternative to that is to use the author rating. So instead of having reviews, you become a critic. And so the author rating would say four stars uh, from you know Sally the critic. And so you are a critic and you rate things and that's the easy way to get those stars on the page. They look exactly the same, except aggregate says based on 213 reviews, and the author rating says uh, by Sally the critic. Yeah. And so look at, at the uh, appropriate schema, and you can, you know, oftentimes fake it till you make it. Most of the black hats out there are gaming the author rating instead of the aggregate because the aggregate is more policed. Yeah, for sure. And it's easier to report and they'll do something about it quickly. So, but then again, once you get that manual penalty for having the bad schema, they don't like penalize your site and take it down. They'll rip, they'll rip the stars off and then they'll give you the manual rating, tell you to remove the, remove the markup and then the reconsideration request is pretty fast so it's a uh, kind of a one of those things where you can do it until you get away with it and then fix it in a week and then you're good to go so it, you know again based off of your your um what you call it yeah and if you have a lot to lose don't cheat just do it right yeah Let's see. Recording uh, information networking. Andreas Franks is hello. Is it a ranking factor if I have a link to a job careers page in the footer, even if I don't have any jobs to offer? Hmm. Is well, it I don't think it's a ranking factor. I don't think it's a ranking factor. 
I think personally, everyone should have jobs listed on their websites uh, because those get pulled in. You have the option to get into the Google Jobs feed. Uh, and now you're also creating a pool for new employees because churn is a, that's, that's a business pain uh, that everyone feels, churn of employees. So if you're creating, uh, if you have these positions uh, on, your, in your, on your website, list those positions, update them maybe once or twice a month, uh, and then uh, get leverage a little bit extra. Yeah, historically, the jobs page with the uh, with the fake uh, job postings was an investor relations thing. It was there to make the investors feel like the company is healthy and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like Clint said, there might be some minor SEO value to doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think the link of itself having a jobs link is a factor. The same way we've measured that. Uh, privacy policy in terms of service links are and contact page links are right. So I, I I don't suspect it as any you know factor bonus, but there could be indirect things like Clint said, getting into other job boards and feeds. Well, Erock turned those into uh, CTR manipulation tools. So he's got to them going through this whole process to how to get to the actual job posting. Uh, that on his website that turned it into the CTR, and now he's triggering an auto suggest with it. So if you guys don't know, Erock, you're spilling his his methods. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's pimped that one for a while now, but it's okay, like, yeah, yeah, if it's out there, it's out. There. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, go check out Erock if you want to learn how to do that madness. Uh, he'll he'll walk you through his whole process. Uh, E-Media again, can duplicating the website into another domain cause a penalty? Speaking of competitor, competitor, if so, how can I report it? Hmm. I'm not going to tell you how to do NARC SEO, so you can figure out all the reporting channels you want on your own. Uh, frankly, if you have to report an S, another client or another competitor to beat them, then you probably need to up on your SEO skills. That's the way I look at it. Uh, but there's plenty of people out there that are willing to give you the, the tattletale links for, for NARC SEO. Uh, can duplicating a website into another domain cause a penalty? I don't think so. I think I've, we've done it a lot. I will say that if you go crazy with it, like, you know, if you make a copy and put another copy on another domain, talking maybe for another city or whatever, uh, and change that a little bit, you're going to be fine. Uh, but if you make a hundred copies, then you then you might run into issues, uh, yeah. or only one one rank, and the other hundred ninety nine are kind of pointless. So, yeah, there there are concepts in in Black Hat called uniqueifiers that take pre existing content and muck with it to make it unique. So, it, doing things like uh, inserting unnecessary punctuation, inserting empty span tags, things like this can break up the content uh, typically enough to get it to rank as unique. So you can, you know, explore uniqueifying content to make it for all practical purposes unique. Uh, some of those tactics work quite well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. T-Walk through design. If you're setting up a directory style or website, would you mark up each listing with schema specific to that external business? Yes, I would. 
that was pretty easy to answer. Uh, I would make sure the ad ID is to your directory, though. Don't make it to the business. Uh, and use the business website as the same as. That's how I would set that up. Uh, v Media, if you have a page in a different languages, does it make sense to only have the URL in English? That's a good one. I think we've addressed that before. I'm not sure if we addressed it on Fight Club, uh, where if you have a Japanese audience, for instance, would you put the URL slug in Japanese? It depends how your audience types. If they have a Japanese keyboard, then that makes all the sense in the world. If they're using an English keyboard, then they need to be able to type an English URL. So it depends on your audience. Yeah. I would think if, yeah, like Ted said, if they're searching in Spanish, then have the Spanish uh, slug. Um, but in that case, if you're going that far into it, you probably have a Spanish page already built out. So yeah, just put a Spanish slug in. It'll, and your H, href lang is properly assigned, uh, and it'll rank in the right spot. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. E-Media said he shared SEO Fight Club in the SEO Signals Lad. People are delighted. That's well, awesome. The reboot was actually born in SEO Signals Lab. Uh, there was an AMA that I was on uh, for Cora, and one of the comments uh, turned into a contest that if we got enough likes on this one particular comment, we'd reboot the show. <laughs> so as a result of that AMA on SEO Signals Lab, uh, yeah, we got the, the show rebooted. Yeah. So speaking of Fight Club, what are we doing this week? We have a guest. I won't go into too much detail, but this guest has uh, made millions of dollars selling his SEO agency. And he's going to come on and give us some advice on hiring virtual assistants and making your agency more cost effective. That's going to be good. I'm really excited about it because I've always wanted to be able to, you know, ring and answer him questions from ask questions from him so so much so that i paid three grand to get access to his stuff uh and to him uh in slack so uh make sure that you come check that show out next week on seo this week we're going to be joined by jason brown from serp serp woo and getting my serps all mixed up uh he's going to talk to us about how he's using that tool that he created with uh, cc carter uh, to identify uh, research trends trends in specific niches, niches, however you want to pronounce it. Um, I'll tug tied today. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. It took uh, I had to go through CC Carter to get to Jason to get that all set up, but I'm glad that he's coming and he's agreed to come along. So uh, if you ever wondered about Serpwu, then that would be a good show to be on. And uh, keyword research specifically is like the number one important thing. And being able to do this niche niche research is probably one of the uh, founding things of that. And then I'm going to try to get uh, Marty on. I don't know if you know Marty, uh, Ted, uh, Marty Milton. Uh, I'm going to ask him to come on. He's selling a course, so I can't let him in my mastermind because we don't let any course sellers in there. Um, but he is a, a master at positioning for SEO. Like he talked at Terry uh, Samuels conference, the SEO spring training. 
And it's an NDA conference, so I can't say what Marty talked about, but how he talked about uh, how we look at keyword research, how we look at what we're targeting for keywords, uh, and how he turned that into a three number times a million uh, business payoff uh, for a major, major brand. Uh, so I want to get him on air because he's actually starting the course. He's going to build it, but there's some like some webinars and other madness that he's he's offering and stuff. But I want him to talk to us about uh, positioning and, and why that's important and why we as SEOs need to kind of rethink how we're how we're looking at that because we can do less work and make more money at the same time at the same time. So I think it's going to be a great opportunity for you guys on the Fight Club. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I think that's it. There's no more questions. Uh, Mark just showed up, so we can start over. Hold on, Mark. Let me restart the video, and we'll do the whole show all over again. Just kidding. <laughs> Everybody, thank you for watching episode 120. Make sure you share it with your friends, and we'll see you next week.